are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at Bailey J Adams 22 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Today, as promised, even though David's the one that promised it and he's not here to actually do it, we are going to be talking about the top five running backs in this class as we see them in terms of fit a fit for the Buccaneers. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to, you know, dislike or, or we're not going to not talk about some of these other guys, but we're talking about these top five guys as far as round one slash round two targets. You know the five I'm talking about. We're talking about DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Cam Akers, and Jonathan Taylor. So Bailey and I are going to go through, and we are going to power rank our favorite running backs for the Bucks and Bailey. I'm going to let you kick it off with your number five guy. Who do you have that out of these top five would kind of be your least favorite in terms of being a Buccaneers selection? So let me preface this by saying I'm not a talent evaluator, so don't come at me, everybody. But <laughs> but this kind of want to preface this also by saying I really am a big fan of Ronald Jones and I like what he offers to the Bucks. Um, in terms of both a runner and a pass catcher. So that kind of skewed my rankings a little bit. So at number five, it might be a little bit controversial. I don't know. Uh, I have Jonathan Taylor. Just based solely on the fact that I think he's more of the guy that's kind of going to be a workhorse kind of guy, a three-down guy. And I think it would be kind of a weird fit for him and Ronald Jones to be splitting the time at running back. And uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but um, Jonathan Taylor really wasn't used a lot as um, you know a receiving threat out of the backfield. I know he did go to Wisconsin, and the Big Ten is the Big Ten. I know you're a Big Ten guy, but still, the Big Ten is the Big Ten. And in three years, he had 42 catches, and you know some of these other guys were had had upwards of that number in one year. And then he did improve a lot last year. They used him a lot more last year. He caught 26 passes for 252 yards and five touchdowns. So I think he does have the ability to be a pass catching threat, but I just think as as his his strengths I think are his strengths are, are going to be as a three down guy, and I think I don't think that's what the Bucks necessarily need. So that's kind of why I have him there. He's not necessarily the kind of guy that you're going to compliment Ronald Jones with, or Ronald Jones is not going to be a compliment to him. I just think it's a strange, not a strange fit, but it wouldn't be my favorite fit to say the least. Yeah, he actually is number five on my list as well. And there are some places that say he is the number one back on on their rankings as far as these prospects are concerned. But it's for a lot of the same reasons. He's not going to really come in and do anything that Ronald Jones doesn't already do. Yeah, he's extremely durable. He's he's kind of a, a tougher running back to take down you you're not going to you're not going to be able to reach out and and take him down with your arm that's not who Jonathan Taylor is i mean he's a very stout 5 foot 10 226 yeah that's kind of the prototypical size of running backs these days 
but you you nailed it there with with the pass catching. When when we look at these running backs for the Buccaneers, we're looking at guys that can be impact players in the passing game. And this isn't to say that Jonathan Taylor can't be that, but we haven't had the opportunity to really see him do that. As you mentioned, you know his his receptions went up big time in his junior year back at, you know, this, this past season in 2019, before that, he only had eight receptions per season as a freshman and a sophomore. And then all of a sudden it jumps up to 26 receptions over 200 yards and the five touchdowns. The other problem is his ability to hold on to the ball. He does have a little bit of a fumble problem and that's not something that Bruce Arians is really going to tolerate. We've, we've kind of see that we, we've seen Ronald Jones get benched for, the majority of the game because he missed picking up a block. You know, we've seen the quarterback be replaced because he didn't protect the football. So you're not going to want to bring in somebody like that, that has problems protecting the football. If you're putting an emphasis on protecting the football. Now, with all of that said, I don't dislike Jonathan Taylor. I just think in the scheme of looking at these top five backs, he would be the one that I'm least excited about. Right. No, that's exactly – I can kind of echo what you just said, really. It's not that I don't like Jonathan Taylor because I love watching him play at Wisconsin. His college career was amazing. I mean, he ran for over, I think, 6,000 yards in three years. He hit two, over 2,000 yards twice. Um, did a lot of great things, but I, I just don't see him as the best fit for what the Buccaneers need. Not to mention, I mean, his workload was pretty heavy um, in those three years at Wisconsin. So you're kind of getting a lot of wear and tear on this guy coming in as a rookie. I just don't think he's he's the best fit for the Bucks and what they need right now. It's a Thursday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast as Bailey and I are going down and power ranking our top five running backs in terms of how they fit with the Buccaneers when we take a look at these top five guys. Now, at number five, we obviously just finished talking about Jonathan Taylor. Bailey, who do you have at number four? Number four was a little trickier for me. I played around and moved around three and four a lot. At number four, I'm going to go ahead and say Cam Akers. And it was a close four. He was close to three um, just because I was so impressed with what he did at Florida State. I mean, he played on, you know, this is Florida State we're talking about. They're not, you know, the, a lower tier team as far as talent normally. But this was a team that was pretty bad. And the offensive line was pretty bad. One of the worst in the country, I think. So to see him put up as much production as he did, behind that offensive line and on that team, you know, as consistently as he did, it's pretty impressive. And I, I think he's got, you know, pretty good size. Um, you know, he has a little bit of a ball, ball security issue too, and he has some improvements to make in the passing game, I think both in as a receiver and in terms of his pass protection. Although I guess really with, with any running back coming into the NFL, most guys are going to need work on their pass pro. Uh, and that just seems to be the common thread anytime, you know, you have a rookie running back. Pass pro is going to be something they have to get, um, you know, get up to another level if they're going to take off in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, as far as Acres is concerned, he he just the consistency he showed. He's you know an elusive guy, strong legs, and I know I think it was did David write the the prospect uh, draft profile for Acres because I think he mentioned something about him being a former high school quarterback. He could you know he has trick play potential and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how much teams really weigh that when they're looking at their prospects but and that's just an interesting thing about acres that you know could open up some possibilities for him um you know for whatever team he ends up on i honestly can't remember if that was david or not but we do know that tom brady loves to uh 
loves to utilize a little a little trickery when throwing to say I don't know uh, Julian Edelman who's going to chuck it down the field to to somebody else. So it is possible that that's something that the uh, the Bucks would like to incorporate into their offense. Now for my number four guy, I also have Cam Akers, and yes, it was David that wrote the uh, the draft profile over at BucksNation.com. Um, yeah, I do have Cam Akers, and and again, it's kind of we're we're on the same wavelength here, Bailey. It, it's nothing against his production there. I just again, I don't see what he's really going to bring that the Buccaneers don't already have. He, you know, he's real thick on his on his lower body, which makes him tough to tackle. And he's really, really smooth when he's when he's juking guys, and he's got that quick burst and and that one cut ability. Um, he's also you know surprisingly powerful. You know he's going to fall forward. He doesn't get pushed back very easily, but he also has a problem with dancing, and that's something that we've seen with Ronald Jones. You know, Cam Akers is going to look to hit that home run, and he's going to cost you know, whatever team he plays for some positive yardage while dancing around and and waiting for that hole to open. So needs to be a little bit more decisive and, and hit the holes a little bit quicker and and take what he can get. And if the home run is there, great, but don't stand around and and wait for it to open up. And another thing that, that you take a look at again is the receiving. He had 30 receptions for 225 yards and four touchdowns in his junior season in 2019, before that, he had 23 receptions for 145, and as a freshman, he had 16 receptions for 116. So seven yards in average on his receptions, but again, not utilized a ton, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that safe, quick outlet that Tom Brady can check down to, and and I just don't see that in Acres. Again, that's not something that he can't develop or can't be coached up, but you want that almost to be built in when you draft this guy. And I just, I don't, I don't see the explosiveness. I don't see, you know, anything that he does in the passing game that makes me go, Ooh, I'd really like to see that. But again, I don't mind if they draft Cam Akers. He's just, you know, not towards the top of my list. Right. And I kind of feel the same way as you do. And we think we're on the same wavelength and I'm kind of worried about how the rest of this is going to go. I feel like, you know, we, I want people to know we didn't consult on each other's lists with, uh, with each other about our lists before this happened. And not at all. Up, yeah, not at all. But I think the one thing that um, kind of makes me like Cam Akers a little bit more too, is just the, the, his projected draft position. I think that's a guy, I mean, Cam Akers seems like he could be a guy that's available around the third round. So if the bucks want to go say offensive tackle and then, safety or wide receiver, whatever they want to do. If they're going to wait a little bit, I think Akers could be one of those guys available, depending on if there's a run uh, on running backs. But he seems like a guy – I think he kind of fades into the background a little bit um, behind these other guys that um, isn't necessarily a surefire second-round pick. I think he could be there in the third. And if the Bucks were able to get him in the third while you know picking up um, you know who, who knows who in the second round, I think that could be you know, a good value pick, a good – and he could be a fit. and you know, they'd find ways to work with him, um, you know, on the stuff that he needs to work on. But I, I just think that that draft, his draft position could help him in terms of a fit just based on, you know, the Bucks' other needs. But as far as pure fit in the offense and pure fit in the scheme um, and as a compliment to Ronald Jones, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, he's the right guy. 
All right. Well, Bailey, who do you have at number three? Because I think, I think this is where we're going to have a difference. It could be, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, my number three guy is J.K. Dobbins. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting for, for a, a yes or a no there. I'm on <laughs> waiting, but please explain yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I really do like J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, early on in this, uh, in the draft process, and as far as, you know, looking at, different guys and different guys I've seen in college. Dobbins was one of my favorite running backs. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying he's not still, it's just as far as the bucks are concerned, I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, well, I wouldn't even say he's not a fit. I just, I think the other two guys are better fits, but Dobbins really does have way more pass catching ability than I thought he did. You know, I kind of looked at him and, and thought, you know, he's more of, of a, you know, power runner, you know, powerful runner. He's fast. He's, um, you know, good in space, all that kind of stuff. But he actually does have pretty reliable hands. I know in um, his career, he had 71 catches for 667 yards. He averaged 9.4 yards per catch. And, you know, that kind of production, you know, really jumps off the page to me, 9.4 yards per catch. You know, that's obviously almost the first down, um, you know, per reception. And so I was I was impressed by his, his pass catching ability. And as far as everything I've read and, and done my own research on, um, he seems to be, you know, to have a good foundation for his pass protection. Um, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of these guys are going to have to develop more in that area of their game when they come into the NFL, but everybody raves about his, you know, his, the dog that's in him and just his effort in pass pro. He has, you know, some work to do there. Um, but you know, everything that we've seen is that he has the ability, you know, to be an effective, effective blocker. And I know another knock on him has been, you know, he has good hands, but his route running could use some work. And I think that's something that could definitely, um, definitely have some, um, you know, he'll see some improvements uh, as he jumps up in the NFL. Um, So, you know, overall, I I really like J.K. Dobbins, you know, pretty much for any team. I wouldn't be mad at all if he ended up on on the Bucs. You know, I think he would be a good fit, honestly. Um, But I have these other two guys ranked a little bit higher. interested to see where you're going with this though well bailey my number three running back on this list and i'm going to preface this by saying if the bucks take any of these three guys i'm thrilled yep at this point i'm nitpicking to justify my rankings yep but my number three running back on this list is deandre swift Ooh, okay we got a difference Here's here are my issues with DeAndre Swift, and I did write the draft profile for him over at BucksNation.com. He again, this goes back to uh, one of the reasons that I had Jonathan Taylor rank so low. He does have problems holding on to the football. He does have some fumble issues that has to get cleaned up, and he's not great in pass protection. Now he's a decent receiver. And he can make plays out of the backfield as that outlet option. But if you're going to leave him in there to pick up blitzes and to pass protect, not great. That's not something that Ronald Jones really can do all that well. And it's, it's not something that DeAndre Swift does great. Again, it can be coached up, but that's kind of one of the, uh, one of the issues that I have with DeAndre Swift. Now he, he does catch the ball out of the backfield. He had 24 receptions in 2019. He had 32 as a sophomore uh, in 2018. Uh, So he's averaging about 24 receptions per year between his uh, freshman, sophomore, and junior seasons. Five total touchdowns, a 9.1 yards per reception average. 
but you take a look at, at his running ability and it's phenomenal. He's, he's going to make one cut and he's going to blow past you. He's going to be very physical. He's going to fight for the extra yards. Uh, as I mentioned, he's, he's a, a solid receiver, a solid outlet for the quarterback. I just, I, I have issues with the fumbles. I don't want to see, you know, somebody coming in and fumbling. And I also don't want to see that Charles Sims issue that we had that when, when a running back goes onto the field, you know it's a pass, and you know they're going to be a receiving option because they're not going to stay in and block. I don't want them telegraphing what they're going to do. Now, obviously, DeAndre Swift is a little more two-dimensional than uh, than Charles Sims was, but you know he's going out for the pass, so if you send that extra guy, since Swift can't really block all that well, Brady might end up on his back. So I really do like DeAndre Swift a lot. I can see why people have him as their number one running back, but as far as fitting with the Buccaneers, he's just not quite as high as I thought he was going to be when when I when I went through this. Well, it's interesting that you say that, and it kind of takes me into my number two if we already want to go there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have DeAndre Swift as number two. I don't know if anyone's really surprised of my number one at this point. But, um, yeah, I, honestly, coming into this, I didn't think Swift was going to be as high as I had him. I, I think – and I, I think you have some very good points there as far as his his pass pro um, obviously needs some work. But I just think the threat that he is both as a runner and as a pass catcher, it's it's hard to pass that kind of talent up. And not, I'm not going to say that the Bucks are going to pass it up because I honestly don't even think he'll be there by pick 45. Um, you know, if we're talking about his, his projected uh, draft position. But I just think, you know, his speed, his agility. And I think I kind of can go back on myself here, as I said, I didn't want Jonathan Taylor because he was a guy that could be a three down guy. I feel like DeAndre Swift has the potential to be a really good three down guy. Um, you know, I think he could, he would still be a better compliment to Ronald Jones though, than, than, um, than Jonathan Taylor would. And yeah, his, his pass catching is there. He averaged 9.1 yards per catch, um, 6.6 yards per carry. And I think he's just got that, um, you know, multi-dimensional aspect to his game. Obviously the pass protection, issues and the fumble issues are going to be, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, cause some hesitation, I think from, from everyone out there, but this guy's, this guy's upside is just insane to me. And I know I'm not even really expecting him to be a Buccaneer at this point. Um, but I know he'll be fun to watch wherever he ends up. Uh, and I thought something was interesting as I was kind of going through some research last night, um, you know, looking at some stuff from NFL.com, looking at some stuff from the draft network, you know, those, those guys do an amazing job over there with their, uh, draft profiles as well, and Joe Marino from the Draft Network had his player has DeAndre Swift's player comp as Cadillac Williams, which I, I noticed that that made me like almost jump out of my chair because um, I I love Cadillac Williams. Uh, you know, obviously his career was cut short by injury issues, and it's always been that what if. Um, you know, so seeing that kind of got me, and it might have played into my my thoughts a little bit on that that decision. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that comp when I was doing his uh, his draft profile, and it, it did make me smile because I'm I'm with you. Cadillac is one of my all time favorite players for the Buccaneers. Really disappointed that his his career was cut a little bit short because of uh, of those brutal patella tendon injuries. God, those were insane. Don't don't YouTube those. They're gross. All right. Well, what may be a surprise to some, especially David. My number two running back for the Buccaneers is J.K. Dobbins out of that disgusting 
disgusting college in my home state. Uh, <laughs> yeah, J.K. Dobbins is ridiculous. He's not elusive. He's not one of those like two steps and he's full speed kind of guys. But when he's in the open field, you might as well kiss him goodbye because this guy has home run hitting speed once he gets out into the open. And, and there's not going to be a whole lot of defenders in the NFL that can catch him. And his pass catching is is along the same lines as DeAndre Swift. He averaged, again, about 24 receptions per year for his three years at Ohio State. Finished with 645 receiving yards, 9.1 per reception. But as a junior in 2019, almost 11 yards per reception for J.K. Dobbins. He had five receiving touchdowns. So those numbers kind of popped to me. You know, this is a, a safe outlet guy that can pick up the first down very, very quickly. And again, if he's in that open field, it could turn into an explosive play in the blink of an eye. But check this out. 301 rushing attempts as a junior in 2019 for 2,003 yards, a 6.7 yards per carry average, and 21 touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins is a freak. He's a compact running back. You know, he's, he's 5'10", 210 pounds. So he's, he's low and he's compact and he's strong, which makes it really hard to take him down on the initial contact. He has really good balance, which has been able to spring him for some of these big home run plays. He runs hard, and and I love that in a running back because Ronald Jones is kind of that finesse guy. He's not going to bowl defenders over, whereas J.K. Dobbins is sneaky in the way that he can possess that power. And he's just kind of a a one cut and go kind of guy. He doesn't dance around. And that's what I like. That's what I want to see. That's a great compliment for Ronald Jones. Not that DeAndre Swift isn't. I just like J.K. Dobbins a little bit more because unfortunately I'm stuck seeing a lot of Ohio State games in, in this area. And I did marvel at times at J.K. Dobbins ability. Who, who was it that they lost it? Was it, did they lose to Clemson in the college football playoff? Yes, they did. Yeah, it was. J.K. Dobbins was unstoppable in the first half of that game, and then they went away from him. And I could not understand that for the life of me because Ohio State very well could have been playing in the national championship if they had leaned on on J.K. Dobbins a little bit more. And for whatever reason, they kept they kept stalling in that red zone because J.K. wasn't wasn't getting the love there. So. I really like J.K. Dobbins for the Buccaneers. As crazy as it sounds, there there you go, David. You said on yesterday's episode, we'll see if J.K. gets any talk. He's my number two running back for this team. I'm really glad you said that thing about him, you know, him complimenting uh, Rojo as far as being a guy that, you know, is tough to bring down. Um, Not to say that Rojo is easy to bring down, but I think there is a little bit more of a compliment there as far as, you know, near the goal line, I think he would be, you know, really, really hard to stop. And, you know, we haven't seen Rojo, you know, as a goal line guy too much. I think, you know, Peyton Barber, I don't know the whole splits, but I would say Peyton Barber probably got the majority of goal line carries or, you know, carries inside the five last season. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, getting a guy as, as big, as tough, as strong and fast, just as much of a freak as JK Dobbins, I think that would be, you know, extremely, extremely great, um, you know, for this offense. We are counting down the top five running backs as we see it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here on this Thursday edition of the locked on bucks podcast. Bailey looks like we're going to agree again, but go ahead and say it. Who's your number one running back. Just the the greatest. Oh man. I, I love Clyde Edwards. Elaire. Um, I can admit a little bit to my bias as far as, you know, growing up as an LSU fan, but this guy is so much fun to watch at LSU and his, his, you know, the biggest thing to me, which is the biggest thing I think anyone's really looking for in a Bucks running back, um, you know, being drafted this year is his pass catching ability. And, you know, they used him a lot, whether it was out of the backfield or in the slot off of the RPOs at LSU um, really, you know, didn't get much use until this past season. So not a lot of mileage on him. You know, then again, you could say there's not a lot of, um, you know, he hadn't proved a lot as far as um, over the years. Um, but, you know, last year, 2019 LSU National Championship season, he was a huge part of that. He was third on the team in receptions. And, you know, that's a team that had some great receivers, had a great tight end in Thaddeus Moss. He had 55 catches for 453 yards. Um, 8.2 yards per catch. And, you know, the best part I think is that it's not just, um, he's not just a pass catcher. He's not just one of those guys going to come in on third down, you know, catch passes for you. He's, he can, he has some good running ability too. You know, he ran for 1,414 yards last year, 6.6 yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. You know, um, he just, he has a lot to offer. And I think he's that guy that the Bucks are looking for when they kind of describe what they're looking for as a compliment to Ronald Jones, as a guy who can, catch the ball out of the backfield as a guy that can, you know, you know, provide, um, you know, a great compliment and just in general to, to what they have. I think Clyde Edwards, Elaire really fits that almost, you know, to a T. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why Clyde Edwards, Hilaire is my number one running back for the Buccaneers. You said it all. This is a guy that had nearly 1900 yards from scrimmage, but 55 receptions at over eight yards her reception only got in the end zone once as a receiver, but got into the end zone 17 times in his junior year, uh, you know, winning the national championship, obviously a key, key member of that team. He is the perfect compliment to Ronald Jones out of these guys, in my opinion. Now, that's not to say he's not without a few weaknesses. You know, every, every player is going to have some weaknesses. And I'll tell you the most concerning thing to me is his size. He's 5'7", still 207 pounds, which is basically the same as, as J.K. Dobbins, but only 5'7", it, it makes me a little bit concerned that he might be just too small. But then you look at guys like Maurice Jones-Drew, who was, you know, every bit of five foot two. I don't know. I don't remember how tall he was. He was small. Uh, I mean, Doug Martin had some solid years being a, a smaller back, but he doesn't have that that huge breakaway speed like J.K. Dobbins does, but he's so good at at juking and cutting and avoiding defenders. He he plays a lot bigger than he is. So it was it was a surprise to me when I'm sitting there watching him because I will have the draft profile on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know he he doesn't appear to be a running back that's that small. So he does play a little bit bigger than he is, which is great. But he's so so dangerous as a receiver out of the backfield that I just, I love this kid. All right. Well, Bailey, let's go ahead and, and get into some of these guys that, you know, let's say the, the way the draft falls for the Buccaneers is they take their offensive tackle on day one. And then maybe 
a Grant Delpit slips to the Bucks in the second round and the value is just too good to pass on, or maybe maybe an Austin Jackson or an Ezra Cleveland drops to them and they decide to double dip on offensive line to really make sure they solidify the protection for Tom Brady. You go into round three and and you got Chase Claypool from Notre Dame sitting there and you're like, well, there's our third receiver, a guy that's big enough to almost be a tight end, but is so good and so fast. You know, that gives us our third receiver for Tom Brady. And now we're still sitting there heading into day three and there's no running back yet. So who are some of these guys that are a little bit lower on the list that the Bucs could target in round four or round five, in your opinion, that you think still add something to the team and, and aren't just a developmental product or project or uh, a, a um, I just I just blanked on his name, that god-awful running back they just drafted a few years ago that never made oh, it to Jeremy it. McNichols. That's the one. Thank you. Uh <laughs> Yeah, who's who's one of the guys that you looked at in terms of maybe a day three target? So to be fair, I'm not 100% sure he even makes it to day three. And, you know, I'm actually would be kind of surprised if he does. But another guy outside of those top five that we just talked about was Eno Benjamin. Um, you know, kind of like kind of like Clyde Edwards-Elair has both some, um, you know, great rushing ability and, and some good pass catching ability. Last year he caught 42 passes, um, averaged about eight yards per catch. You know, good pass catcher, pretty good in pass pro, um, you know, just high effort guy. And I'm not 100% sure what his uh, projected draft position would be as of right now. I think he's kind of right outside or right along the uh, the kind of same echelon as Cam Akers and, and Zach Moss, I believe, uh, out of Utah. So he could be a guy that is a later day three. I don't know if the uh, Bucks would like to trade back in to get their running back or if he kind of slips into day, uh, day three. Um, did I say day three before? And so it's one of the trade back up into round three, um, or if he slips somehow into the early parts of, of day three, uh, that could be an intriguing option. I just, I like what he brings as far as a compliment to Ronald Jones as well. Okay. All right. Now I, I don't have any opinion on, on Eno Benjamin. I've, I have not watched anything of his yet, but I, I trust you. All right. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, one of the guys that I looked at, is LaMichael P. Ryan. If you, okay. and as you're listening to this at nine o'clock today in the morning, my draft profile on LaMichael P. Ryan will be coming out on BucksNation.com. I really like this kid. He's not super fast. I mean, he ran like a 4.62 at, at the combine. He plays faster than his 40 time, but again, you're looking for a compliment to Ronald Jones. And if what Jason Light said about Ronald Jones, that he hasn't even scratched the surface of his talent and they love him as their primary back, LaMichael P. Ryan is an incredible compliment. He can be one of those fourth round guys, a la Quan Alexander. He's got some things to work on. He's got some deficiencies to develop. But if you hit on this guy and he works on those things, he could be the steal of the draft. He is phenomenal as a receiver out of the backfield fit or 40 receptions in his senior season at Florida for 262 yards and five touchdowns. He doesn't drop passes either. He's as sure handed a running back as you are going to find in this draft. And that is key. The other thing I love about LaMichael P Ryan, he does not fall backwards he will gladly fall forward 
after initiating contact because there are plenty of guys in this league that he will bowl over. But he is going to fall forward and fight for that extra yard or two. And that's what you need. He's not going to get pushed over. So he could also be utilized as that goal line back that the Bucks really haven't had over the past few years. You go back and you take a look at their goal to go situations when they're handing the ball off to Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones or, or whoever it was. How did those guys get in the end zone? Was it plowing through the line or, or, or finding a little bit of daylight and forcing their way through? No, they were jumping over the pile because they couldn't push forward. LaMichael P. Ryan is the guy that will push the defenders out of his way and fight for that one or two yards to get in the end zone. I really like LaMichael P. Ryan on day three of this draft. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I, I definitely looked at him uh, last night as I was kind of looking through some of these guys, and he's definitely someone who's has been on my radar um, you know, for a while, having friends that like uh, Florida, that friends that and I have watched some, some Gator games over the years. Um, you know, his name is mentioned, I don't know how many times per broadcast because he's just, he's all over the place and he's, you know, doing big things and yeah, both as a runner and as a pass catcher. And so, yeah, that's, a, that's a good pick to me. Um, definitely one of those guys that could end up being a steal and it's, you know, the Bucks have two fourth round picks. So if, if they use one of those fourth round picks, say the comp pick on, on P Ryan, you know, that would be a, a pretty good pick, I think, especially, you know, as late as that is to get that kind of guy who I, I just, I don't think he's going to go much higher than that, but I can't really argue with, with, a uh, you know, the fit there. So that is going to do it for this episode. Please make sure you're checking out everything that Bailey and I are doing over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at locked on bucks at Jarko underscore bucks at DH 82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation. Check out the Locked On NFL Podcast Network mock draft over at the Locked On NFL Podcast. With that, hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands. And we thank you so much for joining us right here 